Welcome to Fireteam Chat. Destiny 2 has been revealed. I am stoked. Joining me today is CJ Gibson. What's up? Fran Mirabella. Hey, Guardians. Sean Finnegan. What's up? And later, my name is Bife, is going to join the show. I am super excited. Hey, if you guys listen on iTunes, by the way, please leave us some love in the form of a review. Let us know what you think. Today, we'll be recapping all the Destiny 2 news that we've learned so far, giving our reactions to the big reveal, talking about what we want and hope the gameplay could be, and Bife is going to drop some lore knowledge on all of us. First up, here's what we've learned. In the Destiny 2 reveal trailer, we learned that the tower is under siege and being attacked by the Cabal Red Legion led by Gaul. He's blown up your vault, blown up the city, taken the Guardian's power, forced us to flee, and will be headed to mysterious, unexplored worlds of the solar system in an effort to reunite humanity's scattered heroes. Bungie has said an immersive cinematic story is their goal. Looking forward, a gameplay reveal is coming on May 18th, according to Bungie, with a beta this summer. Now, about the full game, we also know that there are already two expansion passes confirmed for the sequel, one of which will focus on Osiris and one that will focus on Rasputin. The base game will cost $59.99 without the pass. There's a limited edition that's $99.99 and includes the expansions, and there's a collector's edition that will also cost $249.99. All the above options above the base game include the expansion pass along with in-game digital items. These digital items are a legendary sword, a legendary player emote, and a Cabal Empire-themed emblem. The collector's edition also comes with a customizable frontier bag that can be worn as a backpack or messenger bag. The bag thing is going to be important in a second. The bag has a 15-inch laptop-slash-tablet sleeve with protective pocket slip, Frontier Kit featuring solar panel USB charger with built-in light, Paracord solar blanket, limited edition steel bookcase, Cabal-themed collector's box containing booklet with secrets into the Cabal Empire, Cabal schematic, collectible postcard images, Cabal military pawns. Finally, we learned that the bag is from a new character named Hawthorne. GameStop's website says, Born in the city, Hawthorne left as a teen to seek a life of freedom in the wilderness outside the safety of our walls. She has survived for years outside of Guardian's protection and has come to learn her true purpose, to provide shelter to humanity by helping them not only survive, but lead a better way of life. This is a frontier bag as worn by Hawthorne. In it, you'll find tools and a place to store the valuable equipment you uncover on your own adventures. And that is all that we know so far. Expect more soon right here on IGN. Guys, that is a ton of news to go over. That's everything. We saw the reveal trailer. I need to hear from CJ right away. What's your initial reaction? Don't worry. PVP is coming. I know. Yeah, <laughs> dude, you are amped. It's like even just listening to you. It's like we're all running on this Destiny 2 high. Um, I'm super stoked. Obviously, PC, huge news. Looking at your vault explode. Oh, that shot like yeah. just crushed me. <laughs> it hurt that, soul yeah, it did. That was the one I'm like going, oh, no, it's really gone. So, um, But, yeah, just the storytelling, uh, the focus on Kate, I think, was really smart. Uh, he obviously stole the show and taken King. And yeah, I'm stoked. I'm amped. I mean, I'm I'm super excited with everything that I saw. So. Uh, I think everybody knows I'm a little excited. Fran, <laughs> yeah. we haven't heard much from you. We did the live show yeah, together. We did hear a lot. We saw your live stream. reaction. I want to yeah. hear from you today. It's yeah. been a day. Yeah, it's, it's settled. It's interesting, you know, playing this game for two and a half years and uh, from the alpha to now. Obviously, I'm super excited. I mean, we've been waiting just to see the proof that it is real, the proof that it's actually coming this year. Uh, so I was just stoked to finally see that all culminate this week. Uh, I was worried we had to wait longer. So 
I'm excited, but I want to see the gameplay. And I know we're going to talk about that later, but I really, really like the story representation. I said that on my Twitter, but the human angle, you know, like it's the city is under siege. There's a lot of like culture on earth and you're down below. Uh, that seems to be grounding it a little differently than the last Destiny we knew, which was this sci-fi epic, um, a little more obscure, like Lord of the Rings and all these languages or whatever. I don't know. It looked very straightforward to me. You've got Zavala and Cade and Ikora Ray, and now, you know, well, Bife will get into it too. We've got these other characters that we know. I was relieved to see that it was not just all washed away. And you know what? We're going to redo Destiny because yeah. people didn't understand the story. So, yeah, my initial reaction is pretty excited. They clearly have been listening to feedback. Um, and although I saw a lot of feedback from people who don't play the game, like, whatever, it's just Destiny, um, I think there's a lot to be read out of this first trailer of the direction they're going. Just like I made that comment about the posters being human faces, um, really representing what I, I think is a different storyline here. Or an angle, I should say. Yeah, Not def- a different storyline. Definitely. Finnegan, I want to hear two things from you. I want to <clears> hear <throat> your initial reaction. I want to know about that timed content exclusivity and your <sighs> thoughts on it. You well, let's the, start with you're the, good, the right? Xbox Let's start with the good. You're the Xbox player in the yeah, room. Yeah. You represent their voice. So let's hear what you got to say. So let's start with the good. I'm pretty amped on everything I saw. All they really had to do to sell me on the experience of Destiny 2 was say the words cinematic immersive storytelling because that was the weakest part of the first right? game to me. And as a film guy and a movies dude like that's my main concern is tell me a great story and everything that we've seen so far with the focus on Zavala and Ikora Ray and the Guardians and the Vanguard and the conflict in the city uh it makes it feel like this is going to be an epic conflict that I get to be uh an Im- like that I get to impact as a guardian so that sounds awesome it gives me fi- kind of feelings of like a fall of reach or like Halo 3 yeah. when uh Things Earth is under so well. assault. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, things aren't going so well. It's humanity's last front. You kind of get that sense, that evocative feel. And I love that. I'm a big Halo fan, obviously. And uh, it just kind of feels like a little bit on that same scope and scale. So I love that. Uh, I was a little bummed to see that <laughs> exclusive content was still going to be a We're thing. Trying. And uh, it was uh, one of our other producers out here, Brian Malkowitz, who pointed out that there's like a little asterisk there that says, at least till fall 2018 will be the PlayStation 4 exclusive, which, if you're a cynical person, could be taken to mean that they could pull something right out of the Rise of Iron book and make that exclusive content not just one year, but actually two years. So for Xbox players, we still haven't gotten a lot of stuff from the Rise of Iron stuff, and we won't get it until Destiny 2 comes out, which is then, so yeah. long. It literally is uh, part negotiation. If PlayStation ponies up, yeah. uh, they can renew that. Yeah, and so that's the thing. is like I totally understand the business angle of wanting to make PlayStation or make your platform, if you're Sony, more desirable by offering uh, exclusive content. I think that is totally a valid business move and it's good for the business because you got to look at it like a business, which is, hey, we're encouraging players to play this multi-platform game on our platform by offering them incentives. Totally get that. But I also think that as a consumer, I find that a little anti-consumer because now me and a bunch of other Xbox players are being deprived of experiences that PlayStation 4 people are getting Uh in some cases, entirely. Like, I don't even want to bring I, up Hawkmoon again. Yeah, it's how it impacts I want to ask the actual something. game. Yeah, yeah. I want to ask something. So, Scorpio's not announced yet. We haven't, we don't even know what that console looks like. When that drops, what if they were like, by the way, there will be other content that's exclusive to Scorpio? What if they do a double? I don't event? think you'll see it, but I mean, yeah. I, I, I'm, yeah. I'm saying we're talking in the sky, hypothetical. Yeah, we're talking about hypotheticals, so that would be kind of cool too. But I'm Same just problem, against, though, right? Yeah, so but now, that's we the don't thing get is like, stuff and you're robbed of stuff. That's what I'm saying is like, I don't, I don't mind the fact 
like I'm not arguing for platform exclusive content being anti-consumer just because I'm an Xbox person. I would make the argument the same way if it was Xbox getting the content versus PlayStation 4. I don't like the idea of some people getting something where other people don't when they're all paying the same amount for the same product. That's the idea yeah. that I yeah. have a problem yeah. with. Yeah, it's very hard to understand. Like, yeah. Sony's subsidizing that technically, but it's super obscure to us. You know, yeah. we don't see any benefit from that. Yeah. Um, I mean, even if you play on PlayStation, sure, but again, it's not across the whole game. It's confusing, you know. And we'll see if that's a performance issue, too, because just speaking of, uh, yeah, like the next, you know, iterations of PlayStation and Xbox, like, that could be a thing. Like, what if the game runs better on those next versions of consoles? I mean, oh, it will run better on Scorpio. Well, not run better, but it should look better. Well, but there's, yeah, I mean, literally Tomb Raider and other, uh, you know, games performed better on account of they had graphical options within it. So yeah. that stuff starts happening. High frame rate options, mode, yeah, high detail mode, yeah, 4K mode, yeah. I'll get a PS4 Pro. I don't think you'll yeah. see competitive differences. I mean, the PC will be a competitive difference, 144 frames if you want it or whatever. Yeah. But I, I think, a Scorpio think too, so. you know, like, I don't think they're going to release a game that, like, it's either going to be 60 or 30, hopefully. Uh, but I get yeah. your point. Like, what if Scorpio solves some frame rate issues yeah. in the middle of some maps that have issues? I would hope they've got that under lock and key that, you know, if anything, it just looks better. It's not going to cause I think I think by and large, you'll see parity between all the platforms, PC included. Like, I don't think that you'll see. PC will look the best. No, Come it on. will. It will. Yeah. But, like, if yeah. you look at Performance any, parity. Okay. Yeah, but okay. if you look at. Most graphics comparisons between PS4, Xbox One, and PC when the game is designed for multi-platform, yeah, PC looks the best, but not by a significant margin where it's like definitively the best experience that you're willing to pay a thousand more dollars than you would for an Xbox for, One or a PlayStation for you, 4, right? If we look at Mass Effect Andromeda, I would say the PC experience was probably one of the better experiences out of the mm -hmm. platforms available. There were some issues with the, the PS4 Pro. Uh, just chugging, just chugging issues mainly that I didn't encounter on PC. Yeah, I'm just They're saying. Did they right? affect the gameplay? Like you couldn't aim your. You it know, was just slow down. I'm just saying, down in down. general, like I think consoles are consoles and PC, especially for multi-platform games, like do a pretty good job of making sure that their experience is almost as bit, almost as bit every valid as the PC experience. Obviously, PC gameplay is going to be on another level by virtue of it being generally a thousand or fifteen dollars more expensive of a machine and packing a bunch more punch in the power department mm -hmm. as far as hardware goes. But like I don't know. I mean I don't think that people are really looking at a game like Destiny for that type of thing. You know? I, yeah. I have it, I have to propose a question to everybody at the table and uh, yeah we're talking about sixty FPS and PC we're all stoked. A normal person yeah, who PC, has not like, who yeah. has not played Destiny Two, they watch this trailer. We're all like, "Yo, there's Shax, there's Cade, there's a uh, Zavala, you know, all the characters in the trailer." Cade. Marty Sleva watches. He's like, yeah. "What is happening in this trailer?" <laughs> yeah. But he said yeah. it in a positive way. He's yeah. like, "Oh, cool! If this is the tone, yeah, that really struck me." Do you think we're gonna get that new audience? Do you think they're they're grabbing those people right now? Yeah, I think that already shows a little bit it caught marty he thought the roundtable right discussion that we saw them unleash of like oh, all this personality between Harris yeah. and Caden and zavala that's like almost intriguing you know it's super old to us mm -hmm. but to him it's totally brand new and he made the comments like, oh it's gonna be more like borderlands like snarky and to me it's normal they've been moving in that direction for a while but yes i think 
they've already started down that path. They've, they're capturing people with a new tone. I also don't think it's just like a they only had one chance to do it, right? Like yeah. we'll see more people get more interested as we see gameplay and more assets and more teasers and more reveals and E3 announcements and all that stuff. I think this is the first step in a long stairway up to getting yeah. a whole new audience. Uh, somebody, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, just wanted to mention, yeah, I think the first one was very ambiguous. Even for us, like, we came into it, didn't know much about it, and you never felt any re- emotional connection with any of the characters. We all joked, oh, it was a cutscene with, with text on it. Just yeah. your guardian. But even him, it's like, how many lines did he say? Yeah. <laughs> Five. Not many. You know, and then after that, it was kind of like, all right, you saved the day. See you later. Thanks, uh, little late. <laughs> so, yeah, I think this is definitely a step in the right direction. That's what happened. Thanks, you know, Guardian. Is, is this the I've end? I've got work to do now. <laughs> exactly. Whoosh. I'm, better but it remains to be, it remains to be it was. Yeah, seen if your character will get a bunch of lines. Like, actually, yeah. I talked a little bit about this, how, like, playing a game like Zelda, which still has a long way to go when it comes to voices and stuff, but they actually have more of that. But Link says nothing, and it's still super effective. But meaning the support from these awesome voice actors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I brought this up on the live stream. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to hear Lakshmi and some of these other amazing voice actors. Like, has seen the faction leaders come to no, life? I totally that agree with you. Your awesome. character, I don't think your guardian, my guardian, has to say that much in order to get his point across. Right? Yeah. Look at Master Chief, right? Like, barely. Master Chief barely <laughs> says anything, Best and it actually ever. allows people to identify more as the person in the mask because yeah. when That's he's not saying stuff budget. that you wouldn't say, yeah. right? Exactly. But, the, but the supporting cast just can't be, hey, how's it going, Guardian? We oh, talk yeah. to them for two no, seconds totally. at the tower. No, yeah. They need to have those cinematic moments where you're like, oh, man, well, the great example, The great example from the first game is when the speaker's like, I could tell you of the yeah, past wars. Tell, yeah. tell you're us. like, wait, that sounds awesome. Why not? Please, <laughs> tell me. But I don't I, want we to. We all had that reaction. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, uh, what's been yeah. really interesting to me is looking at all the artwork that we're seeing for the game. The box art is a great example. It's four human characters. Uh, some of the branding that we're seeing on the sides of the website, it's this, these human characters we've never seen before. We don't know who they are. I almost mm-hmm. wonder if one of those characters are Hawthorne or some, I doubt it, some right? new character. Well, who are they? They're clearly integral to the storyline. Well, I don't know. We've seen, like, it's, they're you're talking just about generic just, just the, three, the three human guardians right? yeah. without their helmets. Yeah, I just think they're guardians. They, yeah, like, look at it, a game like, uh, I believe, Ghost Recon Wildlands. No well, no, but I think it's just. Point and counterpoint here. Your point makes total sense, Destin. They're digging into these characters on the covers. But look at something like Wildlands, where they just use the same characters, but you you design your own character. That's fine. The whole thing that bothers me is they're all human. They have to be integral to the story. Why isn't there an Awoken? (laughs) Why isn't there an Exo? Why don't they at least balance out the species available in the game? His name's Cade. (laughs) <laughs> he's, he's in the marketing the material, but the, the box art. I know, but like, what I'm that, saying is like, are they just I like, just oh, human part of a strategy audience? Because, no way. No, but we're going to see more about these characters. Uh, maybe, but I think it's because. Do of, I smell an in and out bet? I bet these are just <laughs> you regular guards. Steak dinner, I was yeah. going to say. I thought it was a steak dinner. <laughs> Like, I mean, look at the art that's behind you, right? Who are those guardians? Were those integral guardians to the story? No, no they're just they guardians. Were visually unique. The fact that they went all human characters. Maybe there's going to be other box art that comes out later. I'm really curious. I about think it's what a totally doing. valid point. Like, who who knows at this point? But yeah. wouldn't you also admit that? Well, it might be about does just like they've done before, but designing your own character, you living in this sort of you know faceless character because it's whoever you design, and seeing the whole thing play out around you because it's actually you, Destin, in that suit. Right. The only o- the only other thing I could think is they did a case study and they're like, oh, people like seeing humans better, they identify right. more, with but, it, so they're going to buy the product. Right. That was the, that's uh, the only yeah, other yeah. thing I think it could be, but I just I don't think Bungie would do that. I think there's lore tied to something we're seeing there. 
Maybe. But the was, Traveler's on the original box art. Yeah. But that was uh, saying on the live stream, I thought that, um, you know, we kind of had gone over them, but don't you think they want more of a connection than this sci-fi epic, this sort of vague interplanetary, all these species? Like, meaning, don't you think they're just trying to bring it home to, like, I understand Earth, you understand Earth. Yeah. Earth's under fire yeah. by right. these things, and you have to save it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, don't you think it's more just about that? Uh, I'm not saying yeah, they should like, be characters, no, you're, but that's what I think they're focused on. That's friend, I think that's the most telling point, which yeah. is like, this is a story of Earth being invaded by the Cabal, and nothing says that stronger than here's three humans, as opposed to, well, if you didn't know Destiny, and you looked at it, and you saw one human, one robot, and one silver elf human lookalike, Vampire human, space world of vampire Warcraft human has an elf that's, on the cover. Yeah, but that's <laughs> World of Warcraft. Like everyone knows, yeah. World of Warcraft is straight up fantasy. It's got dragons and stuff. Like you just wouldn't know what to think if you weren't looking at that. That is know? true. I will say because one of the one of the shots that struck me the most was the. Uh, Trying to think the oh the uh, the I think it's daughter and uh, mother yes. being pulled out the of the family. rubble yeah. the family yeah and that, that I'm like oh wow and that is something you do not see anywhere in Destiny you don't one see, whatsoever you don't see children very often being no. put in peril in video games yes you don't no. see so, not people who are guardians yeah. Yeah. yeah but within the context of Destiny's story it was like whoa that is like, like it was a big moment departure. whoa they're hurting yeah. these people exactly. I want to kill the cabal yes yeah, yeah again so to, that was really smart yeah to me that's the very clear point here like we are all humans on Earth looking up at yes we get an idea of mars and venus and all this but like they're grounding it in a story we understand and it doesn't give you immediate like oh man we got to save earth it'd be the same as like we've seen this you've got to save the u.s you live in the u.s destin they're targeting you no meaning if (laughs) i live in another country the walls down we gotta protect (laughs) independence day they're targeting michael bay when we need them i think they're targeting a demo right like Like in independence day it's the u.s that's under threat we got to have that speech. Welcome to Earth. Like (laughs) Will Smith says, welcome to Earth. But where is he? He's like in the Nevada desert. Yeah. As a Canadian, this he wears like the most U.S. Air Force on his sleeve. Exactly. Just waving across the tower. This is welcome to America, CJ. I know. Everything revolves around us. CJ's so American now. (laughs) He's gotten all brash and offensive. It's hilarious. So one thing about the trailer, we see the perspective of Cave. We see the perspective of Zavala right there. Yeah. Yeah. A nice contrast between the characters. They seem mm. separated, they, like they're yeah. not together, right? Yeah. No. Do you think that it's possible? I had this theory during the rewind. Do you think it's possible that we could end up with a different faction depending on which class we pick at the beginning? Hunter, Titan, Warlock. Mm. Like if you pick Hunter, yes. you end up with Cade Six. Mm. If you pick Titan, you end up with Zavala, and there, I, maybe there's a third faction we're going to learn about later. I, I, I think mean, so. I think that would be pretty be cool. cool. Yeah, but I'd hope that it's not like. Totally different story experiences. That, why not? It that could be. be because I would want. I wouldn't want to. I'm a Titan, and I would rather. I much rather be with Cade. Uh, <laughs> oh, hunters, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But no, because they kind of did that. Cool. You, they kind of did that when you got your powers in the other one. Like if you were a hunter, you had that little moment. It was like a multiplayer map, and you picked up, you know, the quiver. And well, you so had, you know, so what I mean is, like, yeah. I like the idea of a tailored experience based on your class, but I just hope it isn't the whole campaign or like even a significant chunk of the campaign because so like think about the Taken King when you earn your new subclass I think it'd be like through level 5 and then you meet up because they need the multiplayer portion right. to be intact Yeah, and yes. it can't be that big of a Yeah, barrier. or just like again like what if there's a part of the campaign where you have to earn a subclass like you did in uh, the Taken King yeah. where it's like a very specific you're a sunbreaker or you're a night stalker yeah. uh, or you're a whatever the warlock one is called the Sith Lord dude Yeah. Uh, 
Done. And you have a very specific mission and like or set of missions to earn that stuff. That could be really cool. I just hope it isn't the whole thing. I got yeah. an idea. Yeah, Storm, what do you got? Storm Call. Oh, so one other one other note. So Sean, would it sell you? Warlock. Would it sell you anymore? I just love to interrupt, <laughs> friend. Would it sell you anymore <laughs> if if <laughs> what's happening? <laughs> would it sell you anymore if each of those uh, were tied to factions? So like the faction thing having more weight than just go walk up to that guy and say I pledge allegiance. No, that would what be if that's how you pick it at the beginning. That would be really cool. Again, like if you want to take a look at what I what I wanted factions to be and I what I kind of thought that they were going to be when they got introduced which was you know you already had new monarchy dead orbit and whatever the other one is what's the other one uh, blue one future war call, future war call. Yeah. Uh, and then they were announcing like foundry stuff like the Hakka and Omalon stuff and the Suro stuff I yeah. thought that that was the first steps towards them doing the world of warcraft thing where there are your main factions, there's Alliance, there's Horde, but then in those, there's a whole bunch of sub-factions. Some of them are neutral, some of them are Alliance-oriented, some of them are Horde-oriented, some of them are like evil, and all of them have their own rewards and like reputations and bonuses that you can get and gear that you can get. If that would be, if that's something that is one of the new systems that's way more explored in Destiny, I would be so on board with that. That'd be way cool. Brand, sorry I interrupted you before. What were you <laughs> no, going to say? That's cool. It gave me more time to think about it. All right. What do you um, got? Yeah, no, I, what I think they're going to do, it's a really nice setup. I don't know if you've played games like this, a more recent one, For Honor, right? It takes you through several different classes. The story just plays through each faction yeah. uh, as part of it. But what I think works really well in this setup, because you have to give each character time to develop them. Also, honestly, if you're going to spend all this money on all these really nice in game cutscenes and lines, mm-hmm. I think it would play really nicely. Let's say, for example, we start the game with Zavala and we're out there with him and he gives a speech to us but we're starting with him you go through a few missions and then he's like you know Guardian I need you to see Kate immediately and you go you go fly off like that and you control your ship and you go see (laughs) but no but then you land with Cade you know you know what he's up to maybe even get some of that chatter but then you go you go play part with Kate he sends you over to a core array maybe it's something like that Um, and then they're right they start to come together and then we visit Osiris and they're all like quick we have to go get Eris actually never mind we don't let's just leave her there (laughs) no she's just gonna like randomly show up hopefully but uh, anyway I think that would be a nice way to play out the story um, because then you get all the characters developed, yeah. and you kind of want to see them all together eventually. Almost, well, it, it's a little like Lord of the Rings, too. Um, you know, eventually everybody bans together. Have my sword. Yeah. yeah. Here's the only thing I'll say, and real quick before you move on. The only reason why I think it should be some kind of branching path or custom thing is how many characters do you have right now? Out of your three. three. Well, I have three, but you mean uh, classes? Yeah, how many classes do you have? I have two classes right now. All right. And the story's the same every time. That's right. So I'm not disagreeing with no. custom stuff. I think adding that to what right. I mentioned is great. But you've you not still yet do played it. a Titan. So the reason why I think it would be good is because having a branching story in a way that was a little bit different or slightly you know, custom gameplay to that class... Would, it'd be super cool. It'd be cool. And, and it would be oh, an yeah. incentive for everybody to have different characters, totally. not be three, not three warlocks or three yeah. warlocks. Or I'm starting to tighten before it's all over. <laughs> yeah, you are. Well, I'll believe it when I see it. Three will see warlocks. It, anyways, yeah. Um, but no, I think you should do that as well. Like, I like the custom mm. missions. But I was just saying, I don't want to have the beginning of the game, for lack of a better way to put it, 
have to be that way. Like, I have no, to choose bad. a spot to start. Yeah. I'd rather, yeah, you or leave like, me into these Yeah, things. or like, what if it all leads to a climax where if you're a Titan, you have to play alongside a whole bunch of other Titans in this epic war, and then the Hunters are doing their thing, the Warlocks are doing their thing, but then when you go through the campaign again, when you're a different class, you're now that part of it doing a different part. That could be cool. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, there's ways of making a weaving narrative that's still cohesive, but has some tailor-made customization Custom stuff. stuff. Sure. That'd be really cool. Totally. Well, final thoughts, Sean. Are you stoked? Yeah, I'm very amped. I mean, I'm kind of that jaded guy who's like, all right, I'm excited, but not so excited where I'm like sweating bullets like I want this thing to come out immediately. Like, it's going to come out when it's going to come out, and when it does, I'm going to be really cool. Like, eighth, he's a man on the edge. edge. Yeah, like, I'm you know, I'm excited to play it, but he's I'm not like... But he's going to play it cool. I'm not like scouring the internet for spoilers or, you know, yeah. diving into the grimoire. Or I'll be doing like that, that. Don't worry. Yeah. Brand, it for you. It's going to be cool. Yeah. I'm excited. It's going to yeah. be fun. Cool. I feel like it's a trick question. Of course I'm excited. I wouldn't yeah. be here. So, yeah. yeah. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. CJ. I'm amped. I mean, it's one of those things where uh, Fran and I were talking about this uh, yesterday. Bungie, I mean, I think this really could be one of Bungie's greatest games ever. And, and it's one of those things where Ooh. it's the second iteration on like like PlayStation 4, so they've got a chance to work with the engine a little bit. Halo 1 and 2, if you compare what those games were, Halo 2 was a dramatic improvement over Halo 1. So much so that that game like lasted long into the Xbox 360. Very few games survived that far out from Xbox. So their second iteration on PlayStation 4... Xbox, all that other stuff. Um, it, again, I sound like I'm fanboying out here, but they, they understand what this is like. There's an immense amount of pressure on them and expectation. But if any company who can do it, I think Bungie will do it. So the expectations are high, but... Yeah, I'm stoked, and I think they will deliver. He thinks it's going to be Bungie's best game ever. Yeah, you heard it. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Try really to skirt around Whoa. it. I really do. Obviously, I'm excited, but let's take a moment to learn a little bit more. Yes. Friend of the show and a truly amazing content creator, my name is Bife, actually put together a little bit of lore information for the lore fans out there. You can check him out, look up on YouTube at my name is Bife. Here's some more info about the lore for all of you guys from him. Greetings, Guardians. My name is Bife here. Thank you very much to the guys on Fireteam Chat for letting me share my expertise on these few areas of lore. Normally I would go a little bit longer on these topics, but in this instance we've got a schedule to keep to, so here's all the important lore that you need to know in a condensed form. First off, let's talk about the aggressors, the Cabal. The invading force is a new legion, not one of the ones that we already know of in the Sol system, such as the Sand Eaters or the Blind Legion. This is the Red Legion, a group that we have never seen before. Their elite fighting force includes these melee redguard warriors and their specially trained attack hounds. The Red Legion is led by this guy, Gaul. No, not Gary. For Gaul to be the commander of the Red Legion means that he is probably the Primus of the Legion. Cabal leadership structure starts in the lowest rungs with the Bracchus of their commanders. Then it moves up to Val, then Valus, then at the very top a single Primus for each Legion. Everyone down to the lowest legionary will have their lives determined by what the Primus decides. However, I don't want to immediately say that it's the case that Gaul is a Primus, given that this legion may have got instructions very specifically from the Cabal Emperor himself to invade. This is actually another important question. Why did the Cabal invade in the first place? And the simple answer to that is because we whooped their ass harder than Lord Shaxx 1v1ing a Kinderguardian. When we killed all of their commanding officers back in the Taken King, they sent a distress signal all the way back to the Empire, to the head of the Cabal Empire in fact. 
Within that signal were probably details about the threat that we posed as paracausal forces within the universe, the location of the last safe city on Earth, and maybe details of its defenses. They prepared for this, and they definitely have us beat at the start of the game. Now that you guys know a little bit more about the Cabal hierarchy, let's talk about those upcoming DLCs. Firstly, the Osiris DLC, aka Expansion 1. Osiris is a warlock of legendary proportions in the lore. He was at one point the warlock Vanguard, and before this, helped to defend the city at the Battle of the Six Fronts. However, he was a controversial figure and started delving into forbidden knowledge about the darkness. He believed that to defeat your enemy, you must know them. Despite being the apprentice to the Speaker, he would eventually argue with him to the point that he left the tower and chose the path of exile, taking many of his followers with him. Rumor has it that Osiris went to try and discover the epicenter of the Hive Throne Worlds, but in the process was lost in the Vex Gate system, which is somehow linked. Supposedly, this is the purpose of the Trials of Osiris, to find a fireteam skilled enough to rescue him from the Ascendant Plains. Next, we have the Warmind Rasputin DLC, aka Expansion 2. A popular theory in the lore suggests that Rasputin is responsible for attacking the Traveler to prevent it from leaving the Sol system during the Collapse. This then forced it to fight the Darkness, die, create the Ghosts, and as a result, the Guardians exist. But how did Rasputin do this in the first place? Well, Rasputin is a Warmind, a super-intelligence built with the purpose of defending humanity in the Golden Age. Rasputin has a vast array of Doomsday weapons at his disposal, and now controls all of the weapons from many of the other Warminds that were positioned throughout the Sol system. Originally, he was made to defend only Earth, but now has access and control of the systems on Mars, Venus, and the Moon as well. He's not particularly fond of Guardians, although he does occasionally let them help if it suits his needs. An example of this is when his bunker was being invaded by the Hive in the Dark Below. He granted us access to it so that we could purge Omnigal and save his bacon, or bites, or whatever it is Rasputin has. Finally, I wanted to talk about the thing that lore-wise excites me the most about Destiny 2. The description holds the tagline of needing to reunite humanity's scattered heroes. That's an amazing opportunity for so many reasons. Almost everyone who's read the Grimoire agrees that the best characters and the best stories in Destiny are found within the backstory and the lore, not the main game. If we have a chance to meet some of those old heroes from the backstory, We'd have a chance to meet some amazing characters. Saint-14, Shin Malfur, whatever remains of Toland the Shattered, Jaggy of the Firebreak Legions, Lady Ephrodite, and of course, Osiris. Their stories are some of the best in the universe of Destiny. Meeting even one of them would be a great chance for telling a story that really could be a defining epic for Destiny. But uniting them all, now that would be something to get excited about. Thanks again to the guys on Fireteam Chat for letting me add my thoughts here. But in the meantime, my name has been My Name is Bife. Perudasia Arastra. I'll see you, Starside. Thank you so much, Bife. You know, his content is honestly the place I go when I want to know more about the lore of Destiny. Check out all his work over on YouTube. Just do a simple search for My Name is Bife and you'll find him. That was a lot of lore. 
Gameplay is coming on May 18th. CJ, what do you want to see more than anything? I mean, obviously, I want to see more than anything. More than anything. Yeah, oh, PvP. Now, I of mean, of course, yeah. yeah, I do. With I, I new maps, new modes are confirmed. I mean, do you think we'll see PvP this early into it? I don't no. think so. I think no. we're they're going to well, show campaign. They'll show campaign. They'll do. Uh, I was actually at uh, friend and I were at the PS4 one where we saw the campaign last time. You know, where you were with your ghost walking through. They'll show something like that, like a quick little. Five ten minutes, um, you know, crafted section. It's a live stream. It is, but it's like it's weird that last time we did see what we, you know, I was wondering if it was the beginning of the game, and it actually was. So hopefully we'll see something from the tower or that part where let's go. Like it seems like that's the beginning. Like you know, so if they go that direction and we get that, no, that'll be cool. I, I think they're definitely focusing on the narrative story, like they've been talking about in all their marketing yep. materials. I just want to see how the mechanics are going to work yep. and how they've enhanced the product now that they've had a few years in that engine. The engine. Is, has the engine changed at all? Yes. That's what I'm most excited about. Yeah, see. the weapons and all that stuff. Like, I don't think you'll retain any of that information really once it's there. Seeing the engine, seeing it yes, if it's 60 frames versus 30, all those details. Yeah, those first like 10 seconds when it turns on. Mm-hmm. This is Destiny 2. That's the moment I'm waiting for. Definitely. Fran, you? Yeah, uh, that is my expectation as well, is that we're going to get the campaign opening, uh, and they're going to explain to everybody, like, look, this is the game, and try to reach everybody, because as much as PvP is awesome, and I play a lot of it, yeah, they're going to try to reach out with this big, epic, cinematic story. And, you know, we were talking about it a little bit yesterday, but, yeah, I definitely just want to see, yes, this improvement in... It's not that I don't like strikes and those missions, but to me it was all very scattered. Again, I would love to see, and I don't mean quick time cutscenes and stuff like that for those of you who were listening yesterday, but I would love to see that idea of like it starts a little third person in game on you, zooms in, and then you go and you grab your gun, you get into the firefight, stuff happens and it camera snaps decayed, all in game. Again, I think that's what I really hope to see. And I'm not saying there's not room for strikes within that, but again, that's what I'm hoping for. I do love games, obviously, like Uncharted and Halo before it, and I just want to see more of that. So really hoping to see that. Finnegan? I would love to see some big, like one single scripted big scale event involving vehicles. That's what I want to see. Like I've said it many times before, but like the reason Halo is such an enduring first person franchise is because Bungie nailed the trifecta, right? Which is guns, grenades, vehicles. And it's like, (laughs) how come the current Bungie doesn't have vehicles nailed in Destiny. It's like mm. mind just there's, there's that one yeah. moon map in multiplayer. Well, there's well, no, 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 yeah. Like, everyone <laughs> exactly. remembers First that flight. there were First vehicles flight. at some point, but they weren't ever really properly balanced in PvP, yeah. so much so that like they kind of got eventually just phased out, and then we see... Now it's all just sparrows, and then every once in a while we'll get a mission where we're in one of those little tank things and we get to shoot a little bit. I would love to see like a glimpse of a strike or a raid or some situation where two of the Guardians or four, however many of them are in your party at the time, uh, have to do something on foot while one dude or two dudes have to be in a tank, like land down siege fire or something like that. Yeah, I want my Halo 2... Tank on the bridge moment, yeah, type yes, thing. Like yeah. that's what I want to see, and be like, oh man, they're doing something cool and new that they didn't already do in Destiny One. That I think would be awesome. Definitely. Yeah, that's a smart read. That's more what I'm talking about too. Like more epic, yeah. planned out. Um, and yeah, vehicles. Duh. Yeah, what are they riding around in on Earth? Sparrows, <laughs> or do yeah. they have like I don't know those old rusty cars? Well, the, outside. It does do they say work? you're going. You're going into space. You're not sticking around on Earth very yeah. long. You need to get those guardians. There's something cool like that, right? Because like we all we have are like the limited experiences. Where like <laughs> in a strike, you have to jump on their pike, like the enemy pikes for two seconds. Yeah. and no one even uses them to fight. Everyone just gets on the sparrow and speeds by that part. Yeah. 
I'm like, oh, yeah, no, give me stuff. something cool that's vehicle that I want to shoot. Point. You know, oh, and we well, definitely, well, definitely, they're gonna last little thing. They're gonna showcase some of that stuff, and I believe they will. They're they're not gonna forget about us. So I think that there'll also be a point where all of a sudden they just kick into the menu and they show a few slots. Then they're gonna go inventory, and then it's gonna go whoosh, and there's gonna be like 200 <laughs> vault space that you can access right into the game. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, yeah, yeah you just have tons of vault there space. will be. I think there will that's be one what or you two want of those in a gameplay things. reveal. There will be one inventory details <laughs> where where they just. Like they recognize we're coming back. So. That's a good point. Yeah. What do you do for the moments? Yeah. You're right. It yeah. can't we'll only be like this that. awesome story campaign, sure which I'm excited about. What about <laughs> what we want to see? Yeah. That's yeah. a good point. We got to wrap so. it up. CJ, I know you wanted to talk about Age of Triumph. We're all having a lot of fun doing the new raids. Yes. Fault of Glass is coming next week. Yes. But There's Destiny 2 got That old game? No, exactly. Announced. announced. Sorry, announced. So, uh -huh. yeah, it's like it was fun to see all that stuff come back. We'll talk about it more next week. We, but yeah. uh Crota Raid, yeah, was really cool. Won't spoil anything, yeah, uh, but yeah, it's neat, neat I, yeah. textures. So. I do want to ever, let everyone know we have a podcast showdown, actually, with the uh, Destiny Community Podcast That's folks. Right. Yes. Uh, Pope Bear, uh, Briar Rabbit, some of the folks over there. 1 p.m. Saturday, Pacific Time. Join us. CJ, Destin, and I are going to be uh, a little showdown with those folks. Yep. Sorry, They're Xbox. Playing Crota. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. did I say that part? We're going to yeah. be playing Crota's yeah. End. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's just so much great Destiny stuff happening right now. We got to wrap up this episode. There's so much amazing stuff happening with Destiny right now, but we have to go for today's episode. So until next time, Guardians, Guardians out. out.